According to one survey, 99% of women and 94% of men would change something about their appearance if they could. And I admit, I fall into that group as well. If there was something I could easily do about it, I would most certainly have hair on the top of my head. <laughs> and if I could, well, hey, give me three inches in height as well. <laughs> you know, if you watch the general population for very long, you'll notice that, well, I think I can say this, not many women are candidates for the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. <laughs> and not many of us men are candidates to be on the cover of GQ either. You know, Abraham Lincoln, who by no measure would be considered much of a looker, is reported to have made much the same observation. He said, the Lord prefers common-looking people. That's why he made so many of them. <laughs> well, in today's scripture reading, following God's rejection of Saul, who was Israel's first king, Samuel is told to go to Bethlehem to anoint a new one one of the sons of a man named Jesse. However, Jesse has eight sons, and God doesn't tell Samuel in advance which one has been selected. So Samuel goes to Bethlehem where he announces a sacrificial ceremony, and he invites unsuspecting Jesse and all his sons to attend. Now, once they get there, each of the sons comes before Samuel in order of age, from the eldest to the youngest. So the first one is Eliab. He's tall and he's movie star handsome. So seeing this hunk, Samuel thinks to himself, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But God tells Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see they look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. As the incident proceeds, it turns out that the one God has chosen to be Israel's next king isn't even there at the time, but it's Jesse's youngest son, David, who's out herding the sheep. Now, David is described as handsome, but by the time we learn that, we also know that David's looks are not what makes him God's choice at all. God is looking at what is in David's heart. So do you want to know one way that God is different from you and from me? Well, he's not fooled by a person's appearance. He's not misled by, by beauty or, or handsomeness or any other kind of physical attribute. We are, though, aren't we? Yeah, it's true. There's been some research about how our attitudes toward and assumptions about people are often shaped by how they look. For example, these studies show that mothers of attractive babies, well, they hold and they cuddle and they kiss those babies more than mothers of unattractive babies. In one case, the researchers found a four-year-old boy who unfortunately through an accident had part of his nose, part of his cheek, and one ear bitten off in a dog attack. Now, when that happened, the child's parents began to behave differently toward him. They didn't hug or touch him as much as before, and they rarely smiled at him. 
Adults also tend to rate the more serious transgressions of attractive children as temporary departures, whereas they rate the same transgressions in unattractive children as basic character flaws. Even school teachers tend to give more attention and consideration to good-looking students and assume that they have higher intelligence. Adults tend to assume that handsome people are more interesting, more sociable, and more sincere. And good-looking female employees often earn up to 20% more than what we might call average-looking females. Now, of course, it sometimes works the other way, too, in that very beautiful people are often assumed to be unfeeling or stuck on themselves, and they sometimes have trouble being taken seriously. In C.S. Lewis's classic book, The Screwtape Letters, there's a great example of how people can be misled by appearance. Now, the book is written as if it were a series of correspondence between a master devil named Screwtape and his nephew Wormwood, who's just an apprentice devil. (laughs) So Wormwood, the apprentice, has been assigned to capture for hell the soul of a young man, but he hasn't had any success. In fact, the man has become a Christian. So Screwtape, the master devil, writes to give Wormwood some advice. In one letter, Screwtape advises how Wormwood might trip up his Christian subject by getting him to enter into a marriage with a woman who will not be good for him. And Screwtape writes, Our aim is to guide each sex away from those members of the opposite sex with whom spiritually helpful, happy, and fertile marriages are most likely, instead directing their desires to something which does exist, making the role of the eye more and more important and at the same time, making its demands more and more impossible. In other words, his goal is to mislead humans into building an impossible vision of the other person based solely on the other's attractiveness. You see, that way the relationship is sure to have problems later when the person cannot live up to the vision. Now, aren't you glad that God sees who you are on the inside and is not fooled by outward appearances? Or are you? (laughs) You know, too often we wear a mask to hide what's on the inside. And so we put on our happy face to hide the hurting soul beneath. Or we make a show of acceptance for those we think are inferior to hide our judgmental character. In my years in Atlanta, I came to learn that a certain phrase among the genteel women of the culture was actually a put-down. At first, I was quite pleased when, concerning my ignorance of the local culture, I would hear, well, bless your soul. (laughs) It wasn't until a few years later I learned that, well, bless your soul really meant what an ignorant Yankee you are. Well, just like those Southerners, We all have any number of outward behaviors that belie our attitudes, our prejudices, even our sins that lie just beneath the surface. Jesus, too, would castigate 
the hypocritical scribes and Pharisees for relying on certain outward behaviors to impress others. How much they tithe, how scrupulously they observe the ceremonial laws, how righteous they look. Jesus tells them that they're straining out gnats while swallowing camels. And he adds, so you on the outside look righteous to others, but inside you're full of, well, not the word we'd use. (laughs) He says you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Jesus, like his heavenly father, has the ability to look at the heart. And so he sees our hypocrisy, our prejudices, our unhappiness, our sinfulness as well. But the good news is while he can see beyond our sometimes ugly or unseemly physical appearance to look within, he can also change our sinful, ugly, inward self to a thing of beauty. And so we can pray along with the psalmist, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God comes to us in grace and mercy and promises to change our heart from one filled with sin to heart filled with forgiveness and righteousness. What a beautiful thing. As followers of Jesus, then, we're not only changed on the inside from ugliness to beauty, but the same power that changed us on the inside also gives us a new way to look at other people. Of course, it's our natural tendency to be biased toward people one way or the other based on their looks. And we do typically look for outward beauty and impressive physical attributes. But as God's people, we can look past a person's physical appearance and learn a different meaning of beauty. Saying that God looked on David's heart to find him worthy to be the next king is just a way of saying that even though David was a really good-looking man, his real beauty was at the heart level. It wasn't his good looks that made him known to God, but his repentant and obedient heart. And that's why today's message brings such hope. God, the creator of the universe, knows your heart. He sees your value, not in your outward appearance or in your earthly accomplishments, but as his child, bought by the price of Jesus' blood. You don't need to be a celebrity or movie star or one of the, quote, beautiful people for God to take notice of you and love you. He already knows you because he made you, and he made you exactly the way he intended. You're special, just as you are. Outward and inward flaws included. (laughs) Frankly, we don't know why God made some of us better looking than others, or why he made us so that we're able to prefer certain physical attributes over others. And yet it ought to raise our confidence in the moral nature of God to know that when God looks at each of us, he sees our hearts and is not misled by our appearance. For those of us who are not candidates for the cover of GQ or a Miss America competition, that's good news. But it's also good news for those of you who are. 
for it's only at the heart level where an extreme makeover is really possible and where with God, real beauty counts. And in the case of that kind of makeover, we aren't expected to be able to do it ourselves. Instead, God calls us to trust him to make us new, beautiful and new. And so I pray that God would also call us to look at others the same way, not by how they look on the outside, but how they can look by God's grace on the inside. Amen.